Hi, I'm Bastien Fazankani, and you're listening to Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. This week, I speak to tour coach Bastian Vazincani. We talk about his coaching journey, working with pro players, challenges his players face, as well as when his players are drawn to play each other. Makes a great chat. Bastian is also opening up his own small boutique academy in the south of France called My Team Coaching Performance. It's a nice, honest chat with Bastian, and I really hope you enjoy it. As usual, a big shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. Check out slingerbag.com for all the info or their Instagram account at slingerbag. Okay, here's Bastian. Hi, Bastian. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Why wouldn't you be good? You're based in the French Riviera where the sun always shines, loads of tennis courts and loads of tennis players. It must be great living down there. Yeah, that's really good. Actually, I'm from Paris, basically, but... I moved there in the south of France on French Riviera like 10, 12 years ago. And there is no way I would come back in Paris now. <laughs> no, it's just amazing. Tell me, why is it so nice down there? I don't know. It's like for me, coming from Paris, this, this south of France sounds like a uh, holidays, you know? So I'm feeling sometimes I'm in vacation. Okay. Not all year long, but you wake up, there is the sun uh, immediately from eight in the morning to eight in the evening and when you come from Paris, that makes all the difference. It's a different life. Paris isn't the worst. You should move to Dublin where it rains a lot of the time and the sun is rare. So anytime the sun comes out, you stop working, you stop doing everything and make the most of the sun. But no, uh, the the south of France sounds amazing. I've seen enough videos from that you've posted, that the other academies have posted and it seems to be a tennis haven down there. But I've been following your journey for a while. I know you put up not a lot of videos, but a few videos, good videos with the players you've worked with, which I appreciate and which we repost. It's great now today to learn more about you, but I'm interested to know, where did your tennis journey slash coaching journey start? <laughs> so next to Paris, in a very, very small tennis club called Sartreville Tennis Club. And then, so I started to play tennis there. I was like nine, 10 years old, which is quite late, let's say, to be a good tennis player. Um, mm. And then I grew up in this tennis club and I got to, you know, pass my let's say, coach diploma uh, with the federation in France. And um, and then I started to, let's say, not to be coach, but I started to, you know, to put one foot inside the, the coaching world uh, very early. I was, I was like 15, 16 years old because at that time I was, I was uh, looking for um, practice mm. and uh, like uh, training camps. And I had like not so much money at that time that I found a deal with the guys. Like I can help them training kids in the morning and they let me train myself with them uh, in the groups in the afternoon. So I started like this and then I started to like more and more spending time on court, but not only playing, also coaching, let's say training. I mean, and, uh, and they, this is how I started to, 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 yeah, to put one foot into coaching. And then, yeah, I got to, I mean, I turned 18, 19 years old and I started to like more and more and to maybe think that could be my job. Uh, on the side, I knew I could not succeed in, uh, in, uh, as a tennis player. 
I mean, I was like a good player, but not a very good player. Uh, I played few futures, you know, uh, in qualifications, but that's all. That was, that was more to, to know what was this feeling than to really try to take uh, my chance or um, whatever else. So, um, so then I got, uh, this, uh, this uh, French, uh, coach uh, diploma really early, like 18. And then I started to work in my childhood club, actually, which I like. Uh, and then for four years, uh, four years. And then I, I, I got a chance to, to, to work for a private academy next to Paris. And, uh, after one year, I decided to move in the south of France because a friend, a good friend of mine at that time had a chance to, to work with them. And then he called me and said, hey, come on, it's a great place here. Come, you should come and try. Definitely. That's so good. We have a, we have good project. You have the, you have a spot in this team for sure. Blah, 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 blah. And then this is how I moved. And I started to, to work like, uh, let's say with a little bit more competitive players, you know. So I started to meet some uh, players going on the ITF tour, juniors, uh, and then traveling more and more. Uh, get to know some, uh, some good juniors, parents, agents, and everything, sponsors, uh, making a lot of contacts, you know, which is important. And then, uh, yeah, and then step by step, I got to, to coach better players, then better players, then better players until, uh, WTA tour. You've worked your way up. You just didn't jump in the top. And was one of the first academies you worked for was Mortoglu in the south of France, or was there somebody before? No, there? that was uh, that was before Mortoglu came in the south of France, and uh, the name was ISP Academy. That was running by uh, Charles Offray, former French player. Are they still going? No, because the you know the the how to say Mortoglu came in the south, and it's like they they made ISP and Mortoglu. They made only one. And of course, they kept Moratoglu's name, of course. And then, uh, this guy, Charles, left after four years in Moratoglu. And then he's the guy that now is running the French Touch Academy, you know? Okay. Small world down there. And they are doing great. And how many years did you do Moratoglu? So I've done something like three, four years in ISP. And then Moratoglu came and same, I will say three, four years with Moratoglu. What's it like now? I'm sure you know what it's roughly like now to when you were there. Has much changed? Well, it's tough to answer because now it's like four years. I I don't know what's happened in Moratoglu anymore. So at, at the time I was with them, yeah, that it's a big academy. <laughs> so a lot of people working there, a lot of players crossing, uh, coming and going, you know, every week. For me, when I was there, that was like, Really good times, big, really good memories because I still had a lot of friends there. So in the, la in the last, uh, in the past four or five years, we were already a team from, so this ISP oh, Academy. Yeah. And then we moved to Moratoglu identity, you know, but we were still the same team. So we were all the time all together, uh, on court, off court. That was like a team of friends, you know. And then, uh, so I had really good memories. And then this, um, this Morato Glue and this, uh, all this team, uh, they brought also a lot of, um, a lot of new things, a lot of good things, bringing a lot of players as well. And, uh, different, different things, you know, different mentality, different methodology also. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I have only good memories from, uh, from that time. Everything was not as I wanted to, to be, 
Okay, but it cannot be perfect. And tell me, is is it hard or easy being two questions regarding a big academy where you're one coach of many, many coaches? And also when you say like players come and go throughout the year, a lot, a lot of players come and go. So you're not really building great relationships with players. And I think about being a coach is about building great relationships with players. And do you think it's tough when it's like that? Yeah, for my case, it's a little bit special because I've um, had the chance, let's say, to to almost always be in the um, what they call pro team. So I didn't work. I mean, with Morato Glue, I I almost didn't work with the with the tennis and study uh, department. Let's say. Um, so I was like me. I was mostly all the time with my players. That the players I had to take care for. Years after years and uh, week after week, going in tournament with them, coming back, spending time with them on court. But so, so I didn't take, um, yeah, I didn't take part of this, uh, sport and study program, which is, I think, the one you're talking about. Like, uh, being a player among, uh, 200 other players every day on site. I think it's not easy, but I think at the end, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's like, it's the truth. It's like, it's, this is what is it in life. I mean, uh, you will be a worker in a factory or in a, in the company or anywhere. You will have to deal with most of the time being just someone among others, you know. And otherwise, if you're not happy with this, you have to leave and create your own things. You have to create your own company if you don't want to be just someone else and you want to be the one. So in a way, I think it's just the the, the reflection of the society today, you know. So, But I think it's, I, I think it's not easy. Even for the coaches, because of course, if you just reach the team and you are like, you, you are starting into coaching, uh, of course, you're going to start from the first, uh, yeah, step. Yeah. You start downstairs and you have to go up and up and up. And this is what I did. Huh? At, at the very first week, I started in ISP Academy. I started coaching uh, adults, uh, young kids. Uh, and believe me, I was not talking one word English. Oh no. And the guy, the guy made me start especially with, uh, with, uh, English people. <laughs> uh, your English is great now. So it was a good education. But you moved on then to work at the French Touch Academy. Uh, you spent years there and the All In Academy, which are, from what I see, a lot smaller academies. Yes. Um, especially when I was there in French Touch, I've been the, let's say, I was part of the team that, uh, create and launch this academy in the next to Montpellier. So in the south of France yet, but more on the, on the west part. Um, and, um, and yeah, that was like nobody at that time. <laughs> you say that's a more Montpellier sort of surf zone of France. Uh, and you see, you did a bit of time there and you move, you move back. What dragged you back to the Côte d'Azur? Uh, French Tut was, was really small. And that was um, kind of difficult for me to 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 see myself in the future there. Also because on the family side that was difficult. My my wife and my daughter, of course, came with me there, but my wife didn't find any job for more than one and a half years, so that was getting a bit difficult, you know. Uh, and we are, I mean, and she she's initially from the French Riviera, from the Côte d'Azur. So she has, uh, friends, family, everyone there, which is more, more important for her because I'm traveling a lot. 
So anywhere I'm living, I will be traveling still. And, you know, and I, it's not a big problem for me to have not a, not a big group of friends where I'm living. Uh, but for her, it was more difficult. And I understand and I agree that, okay, we have to, we have to make this the best for her, let's say. And for me, the job will not change so much. So we choose to prioritize this, uh, this, this aspect of our life. Also about the, the professional side, I was not really happy. Uh, I was also with, uh, I was still at that time, uh, with Dalma Galfi. So, and we were, we were doing great also, good result and everything. And one of the, one of the, let's say, um, one of the things for me to keep going at that Academy French Church was that I stopped traveling. Okay. So I didn't want to do this because that was going well. And, uh, that was also what I wanted to do. And that's still what I want to do for, for the next years, for the moment. Let's say maybe in 10 years, I will change my mind. Yeah. But at the moment, that's what I want to keep doing. So, so I just said, okay, I understand that you need me to be there more and more, but that's not what I want. So we just split, you know, and then we, of course, there is, there is not even a hesitation that was coming back on the French Riviera for sure. You're like, get me back to the sun. No, no, the sun was okay uh, no, no. in Montpellier. It's, it's still, it's still south of France. It's still very sunny. It's a, it's a good, good life also there. But then we have friends and a lot of connections here on the, on the Côte d'Azur. So definitely that was the, that was the right choice. I think it's important. And plus, like a happy wife is a happy life, they say. So that's really important. True. And so, yeah, you moved to the All In Tennis Academy, which, and I've been running functional tennis now for over five years and only the past few years I've really heard the All In Tennis Academy. I'm not sure how long it's been going, but I know Song is a part of it. He's a big part of it and there's a few academies straight through France. But as I said, I never really heard about it, but I do like for me, they provide great content. Uh, they do high quality. They have great players there, uh, great coaches. And f from what I see, they seem to have not stolen, but coaches from other academies have moved there it's kind of mad when you when you get to know all the coaches you see some of them moving around and they're like it's like a football move it's a big club move yeah but you know in a way it's like uh it's the same with the players we are here in the french Riviera, where there is okay not a lot but there is academies and we are all next to each other you know it's like nice Cannes, or the the small cities in between so it's like yeah. In the circle of 25, 30 kilometers around, you have a five, six training base where you can easily train and, and be happy because maybe on this one, you feel more like this. On this one, you like more, I don't know, the facilities. On this one, more the coaches. Yeah. On this one, you feel better atmosphere. And then it's like, depend of each player, you know, and that's the same for the coaches. So they are, we get to know each other because, yeah, okay, I know this guy is working there. I know this guy is working there. And of course, we get to know each other by crossing each other in tournament or whatever, or through social medias. And then, yeah, I mean, it's easy to, whenever you're not happy anymore with the, with this academy you're, you're working at, uh, you call the next one. And it's, it's actually, it's actually like companies, you know, so you're not happy where you work. You, you heard about something else better that maybe can match more with your personality and your goals. 
you call and you ask for a meeting and if it match, let's go. Yeah. That's how it works. There's plenty of options. I was telling a friend of mine who's a coach in Dublin for, he used to work for the National Academy and I was telling you should move to the south of France. The weather's great. There's great quality players. I'm sure there must be loads of jobs down there. But anyway, I was trying to convince them to move. But I, I like moved the family down there. They'd love it, but it, it's it's a tough move. And also, you've you know you talk about traveling with players. I've since I've known you, you've been working with a couple of players. Uh, you've been working with uh, Dalma Gal- Dalma Galfi, and you're going to butcher and Katerina. Zavatska. Did I get it right? Almost. Zavatska. <laughs> Zavatska. Zavatska. Okay. And so you've been working with them. I, you maybe tell me things are changing now. But Dalma had a good run at qualies at the US Open. You must have been super proud of that. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm super proud of her more than proud of that. Because that is for me just the, um, let's say, a consequence or kind of award for her, for her. That she's on the right track and she's doing the right thing and the, the right efforts on the court. So, yeah, I mean, I answered the same kind of question in, uh, in, uh, Hungarian media, uh, like two weeks ago. And, uh, and I said exactly the same, like, okay, I'm happy, uh, uh, because she reached also semi-final, first semi-final on, final on WTI event in Budapest, like, uh, three weeks, one month ago. And then they were, they were questioning about this, like, oh, you should be super happy. It's a great result. It's like an achievement for you. I was like, no, it's not an achievement to reach semi-final in WTN. I mean, I hope this is not what she wants to do. She wants to achieve in her life. So no, that's a great, great step. That's a, that's something good. And that's a good moment to enjoy and to, you know, to, to, to fill up yeah. your confidence and to, to make you continue to keep working hard. But that's de- definitely not an achievement. So, and the qualification uh, going into the main road in US Open, for me, that's the same. Okay, it's good, but we try to keep feet on the ground because at the end, the goal is not to reach main road at US Open. It's to reach maybe quarterfinal, semifinal in, in a Grand Slam, winning a Grand Slam, and, and maybe even more, going further and further in the ranking. So everything she achieved, it's like, I mean, she, she makes just giving us a feedback in terms of, okay, maybe this we do good, maybe... Why we didn't go further? Maybe this we don't do good enough and we have to change and adapt. You know, it's like an eternal process of questioning again and again and again and, uh, and to keep moving. And was, was it tough for you being back home while she was over there grinding out the wins? Yeah, I was not at US Open. I think I told you that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was not at US Open because that, yeah, for that week, that was my family, uh, <laughs> that was my family moment, which was planned already a few months ago. And, and she knew I could not travel that week. So we managed differently. But yeah, that was, but it's fine. I mean, at, at the end, I'm happy for her to, to do great. I mean, I'm here. I'm not here. That's not the goal. So I also, it also means if, if she gets there, it means I do the good job. So it's not yeah. because I'm not here that uh, I didn't take part of it. So for me, it's all good. And, uh, and yeah, you know, with the, with the, we have a deal which I cannot be with her hundred percent all the time, the whole year. So it's, it's part of the, it's part of the deal now that we sometimes she will travel without me. So I hope, I really hope even I'm not here, she will do great. You know, otherwise the, the groundwork is like when they get to the tournament, you like to think the work's done. It's a bit like, I can't remember who won the top guy says, no, I don't need, I think it was Sebastian Duran, Dimitrov's uh, 
fitness strength and conditioning coach where he says look when he gets to the grand slams i've done the work i'm not needed there anymore you know like the work's done before you arrive at the first round so if you're putting in the work then it's a bit too late so you can see why i know a coach is a bit more important true uh, fitness part is a little different i agree with yeah. him 100 percent. but yeah it's true that uh, for him it's 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 about preparing the the guy preparing the players to be ready for the next two weeks and of course, in terms of physical abilities or physical capacities, he will not have anything to do to, to make the last step, you know, in the, in the first week of the Grand Slam, for example. He could take care. He could keep, keep the qualities on a certain level with the, mm -hmm. with a lot of things, uh, warming up, uh, exercise, drills and uh, recovery and everything. But he's right. At the end, the job has been done much earlier. So on the tennis part, it's a little different because we also have the mental aspect to manage, which is a daily job. And, uh, and I would say even it's like a job hours after hours <laughs> because the mind can change from one day to another and from one hour to another. So this is the biggest part to deal with. But about the tennis, I will agree with him 100%. Yeah. So it's not about uh, the... The drill we're going to do tomorrow to prepare the match. No, it's not this. The job has to be done earlier, much earlier. The job's done in the trenches. This podcast is brought to you by ASICS Tennis. ASICS is a Japanese company founded in 1949 with the purpose of giving more people the opportunity to experience how sport and movement can have a positive impact on mental well-being. That purpose is also in their name. ASICS is an acronym which means Anime Sano Incorporate Sano, a Latin phrase meaning sound mind, sound body. Today, the brand is still dedicated to that founding belief of demonstrating the positive effects sport and movement can have on our mental well-being all over the world they just launched their most innovative tennis range ever which includes the new court ff3 novak the shoe designed from the ground up with the help of novak Djokovic. get your pair now at asics.com and you speak of like it is tough players from a mental side of things and you know dealing with everything on site how do you find or what are the differences between coaching a male player and the female player does it require Sorry, does coaching a female player require a certain type of coach and it's not a job for everybody? This is a tough question. I think it's a two different jobs, but not because, not because a girl is a girl and a boy is a boy. It's like, a, I, I will not say girls are like this, boys are like this. No, it's not, oh, I put them in a case and that's all. And this is not what I think. I think the sport is different. Sport is different because they have different... Uh, abilities, different physical uh, qualities and everything. So they play the game. I mean, they play the same game, but different ways, okay? Which match with their technical qualities, with their physical qualities and everything. So it, at the end, it makes kind of two di different sports or two different games in the same sports. So in terms of tactics and, uh, and mental approach, about the tactic and the intentions of play, it makes difference. You know, it makes the preparation different. It makes the talks different. And it makes your job as a coach completely different. After, on the mental side, so yeah, they are different, but they are not much different than if I would say, okay, I'm coaching uh, 20 guys, boys, okay? And 10 of them are more like this. And 10 of them are more like this because they have different characters, different... Uh, background, different experience from a young age and everything. So I will, 
act maybe this way with this group of 10 and maybe this other way with this group of 10. But at the end, that's the same for girls and boys. Okay. There is the way you will work with most of the girls, not all of them. And the way you will work with most of the boys with not, but not, not all of them. And me, okay. I'm mostly coaching girls because on tour, this is how it works. You know, when you start having some results and good connection with uh, girls or boys, and then they talk to each other. And uh, I mean, everyone is getting to know you and, ah, okay. I know this guy is like this. And maybe I, I heard about this girl that he did a great job. So maybe one day she calls you. Boys and girls on the tour, they don't talk so much like this. You understand? <laughs> so that's why when you mostly coach go, uh, girls, you will not have a, a lot of boys calling you. Yeah, I can see that clearly from coaches who they've worked with. It's sort of, it's a pattern that develops. So, yeah, no, it, it's interesting. It, it's interesting to know inside how that works, like working with the females versus the males and how you can get categorized as a female coach or a male coach. Yeah, kind of. And tell me, you had a situation, I'm not sure it was this year, last year, where Zavatska played uh, Dalma. Was that this year? I remember we were texting each other that week, you remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you manage that? Were you in the stands or were you in the locker room? I talked with them and uh, and and that was actually, that, that was fun because that was ex exactly the first tournament we were going all together. <laughs> And before going to the tournament, we were having uh, fun, like, uh, oh, you know, it can be fun. You can play each other. How to do, how to handle that, blah, blah, blah. And the girls, okay, Dalma, she was sure 300% is going to happen. Katya was a bit laughing about it, like, oh, no, maybe not. Come on. And of course, it happened. <laughs> so I had a talk with them and I said, okay, listen, I want it to be fair for both of you. So you decide. What do you want? How do you want me to act? What do you want to do, not to do? Uh, what, what could you accept or not? And at the end, we, we find the deal that, um, because they, they, they have different way of working, you know, completely different way of working. So I have these two girls. I had these two girls because the situation has changed now. I will explain to you later. So at that time, I was with Dalma and Katya and, uh, Katya needs to talk a lot. A lot <laughs> from morning to the evening, saying a lot of things. Uh, you know, she needs to, she needs to, to let it go. Everything mm -hmm. she has uh, inside to feel good and be able to perform on the court. So we used to talk a lot before matches and with Dalma, not so much. Okay. So with Dalma, we talk a little bit like she asked, uh, 30 minutes before the match, you know, anything specific about the girl? <laughs> Anything I should do. So we talk a bit, you know, but it's mostly like, uh, it's mostly like, okay, you know what you have to do. Let's go for it. Uh, we keep it very simple. Mm -hmm. So if I had to share my time with both of them, that would be fair on the paper, but that would not be fair in terms of what they need. Okay. You understand? So I talked with all of, I talked with Dalma and I said, you know, Katya, we usually work like this, like this. She needs, she needs a lot of time with me before. If it's okay for you, can I do the same? She said, yeah, no problem. As long as you, you keep doing with me what we used to do, it's all good. You know, it's, it's fair. So we try to keep this, um, these habits I had with both of them. And, uh, and the last 30 minutes before the match, I told him, let's cut. I have 15 minutes with both of you to do anything. We can talk. We can, uh, 
we can just joke around. We can, I can just be there, sit with you and, and doing nothing. And this is the only thing we, we, we did a little bit like, uh, let's say adapted, you know, regarding the situation. But after we were all agreed that during the match, I just had to shut up and watch. No emotion. Ah, that was tough. And did you secretly want somebody to win or were you 50 No, honestly, no, because um, they they were both in special situation, let's say. Katia was just, uh, it was just after French Open where Katia did great. She was in qualis, she reached the main draw, she played Sakari. So that was like uh, some of the best performance of her life at the moment. So she was in a good, uh, you know, in a... um, Feeling good. Yeah, feeling good. And, but she was expecting a bit to, you know, this feeling to keep going. And Dalma was not at all in the same level of, let's say, confidence and, uh, and happiness. So they both needed to win. Okay. Yeah. That's all the time like this, but for different reasons, you know. So no, I, I was not uh, for one more than for another. Uh, I was like more for the, okay, let's, let's hope they will do their job, you know. Maybe this one we lose or this one we lose, but I want them to lose this way. I was more focusing about this, but you know, I was, I choose the seat exactly right on the middle on the net line, you know, with sunglasses, a cap. And I was like this for one and a half hour. And I was almost not even turning my head, you know, <laughs> and I didn't want to feel that one girl could have a look at me. At one moment, she was expecting me to watch her, but then she see me, I was watching the other one, for example. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and tell me, so I actually don't know who won. Uh, Katia won in uh, two sets. I don't remember the score, but I would say something like 6-3, 6-2 or something like this. Okay. She did a great match. She used her confidence. And tell me, so did Dalma jump on the plane and go home and you stayed on? It's actually, it's actually, um, interesting that the, the next day he's maybe the, um, one of the most, um, let's say not memorable day, but one of the most deciding, uh, talk we had with Dalma in the last three years. So because she was very disappointed after this match, not that she lost against Katia, who I'm coaching, but she, she, she felt this is what she told me on the, the next day. So, so I mean, she finished the match. And we go back to the hotel, all of us. And then Dalma texted me like, okay, uh, I maybe take a plane flight, flight back home, uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow evening. So please, can we, can we spend time on court tomorrow morning? And that's a little bit unusual for her. Normally after a loss, she used to don't, don't talk to me about practice tomorrow morning at eight, you know, yeah. she needs some time. And then she asked me to, to go on court at eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. We do it. Then when we meet on the court at eight, we sit, we had the court for two hours. I think we play maybe 35 or 40 minutes and we stand more than half time, uh, half of the session talking and talking and talking. And she explained to me that she was feeling like, let's say sad and disappointed to see that she, it, she feels like she's not improving as much or as fast, let's say, at, than other girls that she used to see every week. She used to watch playing every week. And she was kind of comparing herself with Katia because so I was, I was, um, I was working with Dalma for almost three years and uh, with Dalma, with uh, Katia for only six months. And she told me, I feel like Katia improved a lot in the last six months with you that maybe more with me in the last three years. 
so the talk is getting difficult, you know. Yeah. Where is this going? Where is this going? Yeah, and and actually, I said, you know what? I think you're right. So, yeah, I think you're right. But you know, I mean, Katya is deserving this because she's opening. Uh, she's she's much more open than you to to new things, to change, to to also to okay, let's say to critics, you know, kind of. I mean, she's okay to hear that she's not doing things good. Uh, and she's not taking bad. She's taking has a new goals, you know, to set something that she has to reach, like at the better level of, and and sh- for me, this she's doing better than you. So I'm not saying you you do bad, but I'm saying maybe you should change the, the way you see the the things, the way you set your goals, and the way you train. You know, maybe you should train maybe a little bit differently in terms of mindset, and um, and maybe that will make the difference. You know, so I guess if Katya is able to do it, you should be able to do it too. I mean, you have two arms, two feet like her. So now it's just a, it's just a decision to take. Uh, and I told her in the last three years, I think you waste a lot of time and you know that. And sometimes you agree with this. You get better on a lot of things for sure. But maybe sometimes you're just too satisfied with it. And then you should find the the way and the, the inner force to say, okay, maybe I should go even further. Maybe I should work this even even uh, even stronger, or I should make this even better. And then, yeah, maybe the time you will spend on the tennis court will uh, will bring you much better result. You know, because so I told you already, we had we had and we still have a deal where I cannot be with her twenty four seven. And I told her that's the difference as well with Katya because with Katya at that time we were working for an academy and she was full time with me. So, you know, so day after day, hours after hours, we go, I mean, we put the finger on different other things because we are all the day uh, together and all the weeks together. So we can go further and, uh, and at the end of one week and at the end of a month, it makes the job better, of course. Yeah. Okay, and I told Dalma, this is also why you need to improve maybe in your mindset because if you're spending, I don't know, let's say 15 weeks of training with me per year, that's 15 weeks that needs to count. You know, you cannot you cannot decide from one session to not be into it. You cannot decide on one session that you don't want to do the job or you don't want to put the efforts on, at, at the maximum. You cannot do this. Otherwise, you pay the price. And the price is, yes, that maybe you will not improve as fast as another girl, or maybe you will be a little bit disappointed from, from the result. So at that time, we decide to, I mean, and she decided to, to, to take the, let's say, the more responsibilities in training and maybe not to give me everything like, okay, he's going to do the job anyway. I think she understood that she can do things differently and maybe better. Uh, she understood that she can... Um, she can, uh, I mean, it's in her capacities to be able to switch her mind sometimes that, okay, maybe a session can start wrong or bad, but doesn't mean that it has to go bad for the next two hours. It can last only 10 minutes if you decide to stop and if you start to work on the process, then how, how to switch my mind? And then she, she honestly improved a lot since that day. And, uh, and, uh, and we did, we did it with a talk. Actually, we didn't do it with a match. We did. We didn't do it because of a result, good result. We did it with a talk, 
which is, I think, maybe the, the summarize of the way I'm working with players. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, look, it's good to see she knew there was a problem there. And yeah, it's been obviously with the great run at the US Open. Hopefully she can build on that now and give her a bit more confidence and she can work harder. Yeah, and, and actually since, since that day, if you look at the results, she's, she's going up. I mean, in two weeks after, she, she won her first tournament, the only tournament she won in the last four years. So, you know, it's, it's a big meaning for her. It's a big, uh, this is a kind of achievement for her to be able to finally win a tournament. So it means there is a lot of players this week on the same site and you were the best. Doesn't mean that you played the best tennis, but it means you were the best that week because you managed everything to win every day. And this is a big, uh, this is something big for her. So she won this 25k in France. And then on the week after she came back training with me. Then we went to, to a hundred K in France again. Then she reached the final. And then she reached the semi-final in WTV, WTA in Budapest, uh, uh, losing only three sets against, um, Putin Seva. So, you know, it's like three, four weeks in a row where she did great. So that's something big for her. The potential is there. It's proven. It's just let's build on it. So you're going to be working with her more. Uh, you've, you're moving on or you've moved on from the All In A Tennis Academy. What is the plan as of right now for you? Yeah, so I stopped with All In Academy uh, very recently. Huh? That was, it's like one week ago. And uh, so, so Dalma is following me, of course, because she's with me anywhere I go in the last three years, she's coming with me. So we just, let's say we start again to work privately together, not through an academy. So I'm like, uh, let's say, not full-time because she cannot afford this, but we are working like 15 tournaments together and, and, uh, something like 10, 10, 12, um, practice weeks. And then on the other side, uh, so I had to stop with uh, Katarina Zavatska because she's, um, she has a different, uh, let's say link with the academy than Dalma. Dalma, she came here because of me. Katia was already at the, at the academy before I joined the team. And even though she was, looking for following me, let's say, I don't want to go into the details, but let's say right now she cannot do it. So let's see in the future. I don't know. And uh, I just, start, I'm just starting to, to work as well with a crush and player, Yana Fett, which is like uh, just a little bit, a uh, little bit further than Dalma in the ranking. Dalma is like 150 and I think Yana is 190 or 200, something like this. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this because like, I'm like finally free to work the way I want to. So I'm not, I don't have anything to, to do regarding like uh, someone I'm working for, you know, like a, a boss or an academy. So it means I can decide exactly when I'm moving in tournaments. I can decide to change my plan and the planning of the girls and the schedule and everything. Like we can go and finally I can go back later than expected because we, she's playing well and we, we, we keep playing another tournament, for example, which I cannot do, I could not do before. Because this is for me the, the only thing that can um, not match sometimes with my, uh, my uh, personal goals. When you work with academies, you don't work for yourself. You work for a company and you're working for a brand. Yeah. And of course, and I understand that you, I mean, you have something to give in return, you know, so, so sometimes like, I had to say to the girls, sorry, I cannot follow you in tournament that week because the academy needs me to be on site because of different reasons, you know, because I, sorry, but this week we have too many kids to take care. They need me to be there. 
And like this, for me, it doesn't allow me to, to make my job in the best way I can do it. So that's one of the main reasons why I left and why I decided to get back on my, on my own privately to be completely and fully free to work with the girls the way I want to, to make the planning and the schedule I want to, uh, and everything for the players. Yeah. You know, and not like 50% for the players and 50% that I house something to the academy I'm working for. You, you just have to, you've one boss though, you have to report back. Yes. To your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my, you know, my schedule will not change so much because I was already traveling 15, 20 weeks per year. Now it will be the same. I say it's very exciting going, you know, doing your own thing, being your own boss is great. It has its own challenges as well. Different set of challenges, but at least you're doing, you know, what you love. It's going to help you achieve your own personal goals as well, helping the players achieve their goals. So it's really exciting. As I was saying to you before, I'm due a trip down the south of France at some stage. So I'll have to drop by. Hopefully you're in that week and you can throw me in as a hitting partner. Yeah, I won't charge pleasure. you. <laughs> pleasure. Yeah, true. Let's set up this. But, uh, thank you, Bastian, very much. Uh, I look forward to following your journey. And best of luck with Dalma moving forward. Yeah, and Yana too now. Thank you very much. Thank you, Fabio. I hope you enjoyed that chat. It was especially great to hear about the challenges coaches face when working with players. I'll be back next week. And until then, get out there and play some tennis. Bye.